Welcome to the program. Happy Monday to you. It is I, your lovable hostess, Dana Lash, here with you. And it's a beautiful, crazy Texas Monday. There was a big storm that came in last night. I thought we were all going to die and get sucked up by Nader. And yet here we are. We done lived. Welcome to the show. Good to be with you. Okay, so I'm, I'm really trying hard. I got to tell you, I'm trying really hard here. Well, not just to be the shepherd, but I'm trying really hard. My hair's crazy today, ignore it. For those of you watching the radio show. I, people who listen to the radio don't even care. I, I'm trying really, really hard to not be overjoyed with schadenfreude as it relates to the Twitter story. Because surely, surely you have now heard that it looks Elon Musk is getting Twitter. Oh, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong, ladies and gentlemen. It has happened. The thing that the left said that was never going to happen, well, it's it's happened and he's now officially, he's going to be taking, I don't have any of the, the details are still coming out because my first thought was, oh my gosh, can we under, can we learn about the, the algorithms that, that were used? Can we do that? Can we, can you release all of the information that uh, any kind of correspondence between the government and Twitter and its executives. I really would love that. I'd love to hear all about that. So the Twitter's accepting, they're set to accept his $43 billion offer. And apparently they were meeting into the early hours today. I know, $43 billion. So Reuters, New York Post, everybody's reporting. It looks like they're going to announce... It may be today that they announce it. It may actually be this afternoon. It's been confirmed that it's happening. So it, it actually may be this afternoon that it actually happens. Uh, but we'll see. We don't know yet, totally. But they were able, uh, Twitter was able to, uh, well, Musk was able to counter and sweeten the deal. And then uh, Reuters had said that uh, after the, that report initially came in, Twitter shares soared to more than 5% in pre-market trading. And apparently... They have to go through the formality, which I understand this. The board met, has met, and they have to go through the process of recommending the transaction to their shareholders. So that's, there you go. And apparently, Twitter could still, until everything's cemented, this is why I'm like, don't, don't freak and don't celebrate until ink is dry. But the offer could still be technically be derailed if someone came in and were to make a different different offer so we're going to keep we're going to keep an eye on all that because i'm i'm very i'm so excited so i uh, and and the uh, goodbye i'm leaving twitter stuff from the left is just i can't oh i just can't deal i saw a meme and this is probably the most apt thing i've ever seen in my life i saw a meme uh where someone made i'm going to put this in slack Someone made, uh, it's the Lion King, which I've always hated Lion King. Can I just say I've hated Lion King? It's just, I can't. It's a whole other thing. And it has that, the when the monkey holds up the lion cub, and it's Elon Musk holding up the Twitter bird, and all the, the people, all the animals that are supposedly celebrating now, they're progressives that are just freaking out about it. So I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, you know, I'm hesitant because I just don't have a lot. I mean, I'm not saying I don't have any faith in him. I have more faith in him wanting to secure a legacy than I think anything else. But conservatives, I think, have always been disappointed. I'm used to being disappointed by people. Yeah. And I, it's one of the reasons why I'm such a cynic. 
Everyone always overpromises and under under delivers. And I am such a cynic and I judge people harshly for it. So I just don't want overpromising and under delivering. You know what I mean? So we'll see. But this is it's happening. And apparently I was uh, reading a couple of other things on this. Uh, some dude from Shark Tank. I don't know. I don't watch Shark Tank. Boost his bid. Boost Musk's bid and, uh, Musk's bid and said that Twitter should fire all their board members. So now it looks like those board members aren't going to get, they probably won't get paid, I would imagine. Oh, are you so sad? I know. Oh, my gosh. Everyone's, it's three million. He said it would save right off the bat. Now, here's the big thing. And this is why I always say it doesn't matter if you use Twitter. Some people are like, well, this doesn't really relate to me. Yeah, it does. I don't have a Twitter account, so. And? This is a great point a friend of mine made that the reason that the left opposes Elon Musk buying Twitter isn't because they fear censorship targeting the left. It's because they're concerned that they will lose the ability to censor their opponents. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the real story in this. So regardless as to whether or not you have a Twitter account, regardless whether or not you use Twitter or look at it or have ever used it or even familiar with it, it has an impact on you because this is one of it. When when social media was created, conservatives dominated to the point where the left had to create this annual retreat that they called Netroots to figure out how to get back and how to use social media and the internet to leverage their political campaigns and their activist issues. And the right countered with right online. And I've been to both of them. And this went on for a few years. This was back in 09. Like 08, 09, 2010. And Howard Dean really, I think, had fast-tracked the social media involvement in political campaigns. And then Barack Obama put it in the stratosphere. Mitt Romney was horrible at it. And conservatives were incredibly good at this. And they were, they were really uh, able to capture the moment and use social media as kind of a force multiplier when it came to organization, uh, all of this stuff. Getting out, uh, getting out the vote, outreach, whatever. And so at some point... And I was talking with a friend actually this morning and I'm like, I, I can't remember what, at what point it was that that changed. It was after 2012. It started a little bit around then, but it was after 2012, maybe going into 2014 that it started to change. And that's when the algorithms really started, really started to, to switch. And then after that, conservatives were throttled and Twitter openly admitted it. Facebook openly admitted it. Instagram openly admitted it. The left had to abuse the algorithms and and butcher the freedom of the open score because they refused to compete. That's the thing. It's not that they didn't want to. They just didn't. Well, they didn't want to. It's not that they couldn't. They just refused. And so then they decided to, to... bring the, the boot down, so to speak, as, as hardcore as they did. 
And this, it's been like this for a good six years. And since that time, this is the first major victory. I won't say for conservatives, because I don't think it's just a conservative issue. And I feel like that takes the left bait, the left's bait, because the left wants to reduce this always, always, always down to right versus left. And I don't think it's that. This is just, do you like free speech? Yes or no? And what the left has unequivocally proven is that they are in opposition to it. Because free speech robs them of their ability to censor other people. And censor is the correct word. Because when you have the government and Jen Psaki, the mouthpiece for the president of the United States, going out there and saying that social media companies should, should, should censor what they determine to be misinformation based on politics and not factor science, and there's tons of examples, that's censorship. So it's a completely accurate use of the term. And they were making this platform act like an agent of the government. That's not free speech. The left rejoiced. The left has compromised itself, and I wish Republicans would hit this harder, on two huge issues this past in the past seven days. The first is that they've shown everyone that they're directly in opposition to free speech. Free speech scares them because it makes them have to prove their ideas. They can't just sit on their asses and prattle on on Twitter. They actually have to prove their point. They're eager to engage, but they're not ever eager to actually substantiate and try to persuade people. Their idea of persuasion is to shut up their opposition. And that just signals that they're terrified of what the opposition has to say. The second thing that they have proven themselves to be completely contradictory on is everyone must pay their fair share. They love talking about taxing corporations, but when you end corporate welfare and exemptions and special privileges for one giant corporation, suddenly the left is apoplectic. Why? Because they're allowed to be used as an agent of their ideology and their ideology controls government and so government can influence so they become an agent of the state. That is what this is all about. This is why I get, you know, really aggravated by some conservatives out there who don't get this. They never have. They, they've never gotten it. And it's a, this, is a, this is an ongoing issue. I mean, you have to think about this. Think about this just in, in the term of how long conservatives have been taking these kicks. Do you remember, again, going back to like 0809, when you had the Obama-Biden administration, the IRS went after grassroots organizations who were advocating for limited government. They went after these these organ they went after these organizations and they refused to grant them tax exempt statuses they wanted to freeze them they went after you had the the leftist mob went after hobby lobby and they went after apac and they went after chick-fil-a they went after every baker under the sun they went after a group of nuns they went after everything they went after parents And this is, this is where the ideology and these corporations, the corporations are doing this because they've been, I mean, how many leftists have been now, have ascended to these board positions and are in these executive positions? A friend of mine said that these are incentive structures that the rage mob created. I, I would, it's not created, it definitely wasn't created by the market, it wasn't created by the parents. 
It wasn't created by the, the people who use these platforms or the parents who visit theme parks or buy merch. But this is, this is what the left has been doing for the past decade longer. So there are, there are several, actually I would say three issues. The left has proven that they oppose free speech, they don't believe in taxing corporations, and they believe that the government, that they actually believe that there is no such thing as consent where it relates to parents and their kids in the classroom. So we also have coming up, the uh, response from the left, the Putin price hike is a myth. We'll talk about that. But uh, also now apparently it's a first world problem to worry about food shortages and rationing for those who can't afford the hidden tax of inflation. Also, the DNC is using a hilarious argument to convince its base that Biden can come back from low polling. And they're looking at Emmanuel Macron and his just very edged out victory in France against Marine Le Pen. We're going to talk about that coming up as well. Uh, we also have Rhode Island's proposing a law. Get faxed or they're going to double your income tax. Uh, also, what WTF is to spirit? Almost every day we hear about another major corporation that's gone woke, tormenting their employees with progressive propaganda and funding organizations that seem to hate the country and values and free speech and rights in the Constitution. So this is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. It's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service. Plus, you get the peace of mind that your money is supporting free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and they're 100% US-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veterans, and first responder heroes. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make that switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT today. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. I think if I were to redo that song, which you can't redo a classic, I would talk about how I want to sedate other people. Right? All right, so here's we following up on this. This is we had this as a headline last week, and now it's getting sketchier. So US cases of child hepatitis have reached eleven with the global toll hitting 169, including one fatality and 17 needing liver transplants. Doctors fear mysterious spike of acute cases might be coronavirus, might be COVID related. The thing is, though, and we said this during the last headline, some of the every like apparently every single one of these kids had an adenovirus, which is the common cold. And they say that that somehow there's some kind of relation there that is triggering this unexplained illness. Now, some people are like, oh, maybe it's a coronavirus variant. Shut up. Just shut up. Uh, But it's very interesting. One of the infectious diseases experts at University of St. Andrews in Scotland said that the acute uh, severe hepatitis has not been a common feature of COVID in kids. So it's less likely to explain that presentation. But he said that the general consensus is that it's also less likely for adenoviruses to cause acute or severe hepatitis in healthy kids. So they're still investigating. But that's that's pretty there's a lot of questions there like what could it be you could just say well it's weak in immune system but there's there's some other things i think that play into it as well god bless florida florida sheriff this is a headline right here we prefer homeowners shoot burglars to save taxpayer money santa rosa county sheriff bob johnson 
told residents that they are more than welcome to shoot burglars at a Thursday press conference after a crazed man went on a home invasion spree in the northwestern portion of the Sunshine State. He said, yeah, if someone's breaking into your home, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do that, actually. And he said that it saves the taxpayers some money. And he goes, they said, we have a gun safety class we put on every other Saturday. And if you take that, you'll shoot a lot better. And hopefully you'll save the taxpayers some money. God bless Florida and God bless Sheriff Bob Johnson. Right? That's gone on the track to be America's sheriff. And let's see, a UFC fight broke out in the stands at a Dodgers game. We'll talk about that in today in sports coming up later because, you know, sports stay with us. If there's only one word to remember about Keltec, it's innovation. A privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one-of-a-kind American-made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P15 9mm striker fire pistol. The P15 is Keltec's first striker fire handgun and is the lightest and thinnest of its kind, featuring a totally unique patent-pending extended magazine. The P15 pistol's other features include fire fiber optic front sight and adjustable rear, ambidextrous safety and magazine release, as well as a gator grip texture that increases stability and makes for easy, accurate handling. The P-15 is fun on the range, but it's definitely great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P-15 9mm striker fire pistol and all other Keltec weapons and products, check out keltecweapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C weapons.com. Keltec, creating innovative, quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltecweapons.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We also need, need to push back against the giant corporations that have decided not only are they going to pass along costs, they're going to take a big dollop of extra profits. And those are things that get our economy, I, I think the way to describe it is they get it out of whack. They get prices too high. We've got too many corporations that are doing too much profit gathering. We also wow. too much profit gathering was the video on that. That's Elizabeth Warren. So that's they hate corporations, except if the if they're groomers. Welcome back to the show, Dana Lash here. The corporations are bad, and everybody's got to pay, and, and and corporations should pay all their money in taxes because they're keeping people poor. Unless it's Disney, and then. You know, if you take away their special exemption, then that's that's bad. And and everybody freaks out. We're all going to die. Right. Isn't that kind of how it is? <sighs> Goodness. So where do they do they want corporations to pay their fair share or there do they not? I don't know. They love taxes, though, except except if it is, I guess, something that. You know, affects them or affects their biggest, I guess, donors, some of their surrogates, their agents of state. Let's check this story out. This is crazy. So in Rhode Island, these are, this is a really dumb proposal. In Rhode Island, they are proposing a bill that would require every eligible person who resides, who works, or who pays taxes in the state to get the COVID vaccine. Anyone who refuses to get the vaccine will be fined $50 a month and, quote, this is from the bill, which is at uh, RI 
legislature.gov, and it's Bill Text 22. It says, quote, anyone who refuses fine $50 a month and, quote, shall owe twice the amount of personal income taxes as would otherwise be assessed, end quote. So if you are in Rhode Island and you don't want to be vaccinated, or maybe you've had the nature's vaccine and you already got the thing, because that's not included. It's not relevant if you already had it. (sighs) They'll double your income tax. That's the craziest thing. Medical and medical exemptions are irrelevant because they argue that government bureaucrats, you know, they can decide that, well, those determinations are wrong. What, wait a minute. I thought, why, so now you have government pretending to be doctors, but women can't determine what a woman is if they're not biologists. Okay. And parents who refuse to vaccinate their kids also will get double under this bill proposed, would have their income taxes doubled. That's, cr- how is this a thing anymore? It's an endemic virus with a super low fatality rate. You can easily argue the flu is worse now. And might have been able to argue it was worse to begin with. Why is this because it's about control? I when they were focusing, I've never thought this is not at all about mitigating anything. It's about control. That's all it is. It's about control. Because otherwise, why would you, for the first time in human history, ignore natural immunity? I didn't realize that Rhode Island was so goofy like that. But they are. I mean, that's almost, that's like some Shanghai territory, which we're going to talk about here coming up. So, in Wokery, can someone explain to me what two-spirit is? I feel like there's so many more important things that I need to focus on besides defining that. Have you heard of that before? Two-spirit? I bring this up because of this story about University of Waterloo in Canada. They advertised for a science position, but they are only, they're limiting all considerations for this new position to people who identify as women, transgender, non-binary, or two-spirit. But that's binary. Yeah, spirit, isn't spirit, two-spirit, binary? It is. So they said, so if you look it up, it's apparently, it was completely created in 1990. It's not a real thing. It was a fake, it's a thing that was created. Like how Kwanzaa was created by a professor, apparently. This was created by uh, an indigenous, lesbian, and gay international gathering in Winnipeg to distinguish and distance Native American and First Nations people from non-Native peoples. You need to really distinguish that more? It seemed pretty obvious. Okay. They said that they wanted to coin a new term to encourage the replacement uh, uh, for something else. I don't know. This is so ridiculous. So two, what is, geez. So gay Indian? Is that what it is? Hang on. Let's go to the Google. Because if, the, why don't you just say gay Indian? Or does that not appropriate? It doesn't cover both spirits. So, oh, it's a masculine and feminine spirit. Binary. So it's, okay. Why do you have to, it's like, let's create something else that we can be aggrieved about. 
mask people have masculine and feminine traits that doesn't mean you're two spirit just call yourself two traits that's right just that would actually be more accurate anyway i bring this up because i can i gotta get past the two spirit thing the university which would go after people for lecturing about you know biblical stuff in a in a church setting and they don't have any problem with saying that you know we're going to limit you know who can get hired and, and who is hired and who isn't going to get hired uh but this um university is saying you can't get hired unless you're one of these things unless you check this box you gotta check this box they said that a two-spirit person this is how they define it someone who identifies as having both a masculine and a feminine spirit and Kane, in case you wanted to know this was coined first in 1990 at the third annual intertribal Native American First Nations Gay and Lesbian American Conference. And it could define same-sex attraction or not. And it also could include people who might be described in Western culture as gay, lesbian, bisexual, transsexual, transgender, gender, queer, cross-dressers who have multiple gender identities. Oh my gosh, that's like a... Jeez. So, yeah. Anyway. This is... They're only going to hire these people there, so don't bother applying. What if you're a dude who wants the position and you're qualified academically? Can't you just be like, I too am a two-spirited female transgender person. Can't you just say that? Like, oh, you can do, you do what you want. And no one can question it. You can't ask questions because if you ask questions, do you disbelieve? Because that's a form of bigotry. Questioning is, is, a, is a symptom of rejection. That's how they view it. That's the psychology of the left. Question, the presence of a question is indicative of a rejection. You have to believe wholeheartedly immediately. Otherwise, you are excommunicado. You cannot ask questions. So Cain, what's stopping like you? If you wanted to be like, well, hello there. I am also supremely qualified for this position. Identify as a two-spirited trans woman, right? Yeah, sure. Works. You're a woman, transgender, and two-spirited. There you go. Yeah, do you identify as that? It seems to work. You You would get sued for that, I would think, over here, right? I would think so. So, this uh, came up by way of Twitchy. I love when people just totally take an L publicly. I know I shouldn't love it, but I do anyway. So this this activist, and I'm this. I don't know how old this dude is. He's, I guess he's like a PCU Jeremy Piven when he's in college, even like in his thirties. So this dude said he tweeted this out quote: "Today I resigned from Publix." After four years of service, I was so disheartened when the company failed to even make a statement following more than $200,000 in donations to sponsors of the Don't Say Gay Bill. Let's all call on Publix to hashtag stop funding hate. Guys, he resigned himself. He resigned from four years of exemplary service at Publix. From his multi-awarded cashier position at the Publix. 
How much, how much shrapnel did you take back in groceries? I mean, this is when people get really into themselves. And they, so he quit his job getting carts because he couldn't talk about, because teachers can talk about who they banged on the weekend or their K through third. Is that right? Is that, t- let's just be real about it. Don't sit here. I'm not going to engage in the, they couldn't talk to them about gender. You guys were talking about who you were banging behind closed doors. You're sitting here talking to kindergartners through third graders about male copulatory organs and female copulatory organs. You're, you're, you're not talking to them about math or science. Hell, some of you, if you can't even figure out your bits, I don't expect you to figure out how to teach my kid or anybody's kid how to do basic math. Right? Here you have two plus one equals dude. Get it? Simple. <sighs> but the self-inflated sense of, I don't know, service here, this is, and I think that dude's like a week late, it seems, because the bill's already done, dude. And it, and, and we've talked, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what, that the bill didn't even said that, say that, because we've talked about that six ways to Sunday. So just, mm. Now, he wasn't the only one who was really dippy over the weekend. Eric Swalwell, he's the dullest knife in the drawer. He retweeted this AP piece, which said Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signs bill dissolving Disney's private government after the company criticized the, uh, and by the way, it's the parental rights and education bill. And Swalwell tweeted this, quote, Imagine wanting the right to attack gay people so badly that you'd kill Mickey Mouse to do it. What? How does this, what is this, what? So not being able to talk kindergartners about graphic sex without their parents' knowledge or consent means you're killing Mickey Mouse and attacking gay people? I don't want straight people talking to kindergartners the third without parents' consent or knowledge about sex. What the hell does this have to do with gay people, by the way? Can the gays, I mean, and I'm not, I know a lot of conservative gays are not in this position, but can the leftist gays stop making every damn thing about themselves? Stop it. Not everything's about you, Marsha. It's not, girl. It's not. It doesn't matter if you're, it doesn't matter who you bang when you go home. Nobody has the right to tell a stranger's children, a stranger's kid, this is how people have sex. This is what's going on. At, you know, X, Y, Z. No pun intended. And without the parental consent or acknowledge, or acknowledge at all. And this is why I say the left used to love consent until they didn't. You're not attacking anyone by saying that you don't have the right to, in, to sit here and, and talk to kindergartners about sex. That's not killing Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse committed seppuku. This, this has nothing to do with this. Jiminy Christmas, Eric Swalwell. Of course, he was with a literal communist Chinese spy for how long? Sleeping with her until someone in the, someone in the uh, house was like, hey, you realize that that's a CCP spy. Maybe keep your powder dry, wink, wink. Just saying. Golly. We have more to come, including the warning on AI. The more I read about this, the creepier it is. Artificial intelligence. And it's not just Musk, but a lot of people are saying that this is actually worse than any kind of nuclear threat. Dude, it's the Matrix. We're all going to be harvested in like little pods. That's what's going to happen. We also have uh, some just updates as it relates to Russia because 
There was a really interesting story that emerged as the, on the Julian calendar, Orthodox uh, Russian churches were celebrating uh, Easter, and there was supposedly this video of Putin at an Easter service, except now it was last year's Easter service, and they changed the color of his tie, and they repurposed it and acted like it was new footage of him at this Easter service at their Orthodox church there in Moscow. So there's a lot of questions over his health because the last video that anyone saw of him, he was sitting at a table with one of his uh, advisors and he was sitting there tapping his foot. He had horrible posture, which is unlike him. And he was gripping the table like he was in pain. It was really weird. There's a lot of questions about his health. So we're going to talk about this and more on the way. It's really fascinating. Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately, we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms, and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible and gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter chapter and verse over on Substack, and you can access that link through any of my social media profiles or up at the subscribe link at DanaLash.com. So as we're watching the big Twitter deal, and waiting for any kind of announcement from Twitter itself. Uh, I love this tweet that Musk had. I hope that even my worst critics remain on Twitter because that is what free speech means. That's exactly what free speech is. And so, going to be a very interesting year here ahead of us. Uh, And and, and I'm curious as to what effect this is going to have too. You got to think about uh, the elections, because Twitter was a platform that was able to shape. See, a lot of it, it's it's really where uh, pundits, journalists, the commentariat class, people who think they're way more important than they are. And I think all of us are included. It's where everybody goes to kind of duke it out. But it's the big public square, right? Everybody gets a soapbox. Everybody's soapbox was supposed to be the same height, and Twitter decided to manipulate it to where it wasn't. I was reading this piece in relation to that to Musk's remarks on AI, and I've been reading a lot about AI. And one of the things that always sticks out to me is the fact that logic is bereft of any kind of emotion, obviously, and for good reason, it's logic. I mean, it's just reason and, and, and you know, mental mathematics. But sometimes the most logical decision isn't the right one. What is right sometimes isn't logical, and what is logical sometimes isn't right. And that's the, that is the singular difference between any kind of artificial intelligence and humanity. And that's why you can't have AI grow to becoming the threat that all of these, all of these scientists and computer programmers are warning that it could be. We've got more on that to come. We have a second hour just barreling up now. So stay with us. Back in a second. 
National Border Patrol Council Vice President Chris Cabrera joins me to discuss how bad the border crisis is and how it's about to get much worse. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Cabrera says he could identify the root causes of the crisis in just a minute. I'll also react to an MSNBC host comparing Republican governors to Russian war criminals because of changes they want to make to our schools. Join me. Follow The Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What do you see as sort of the state of our planet right now when it comes to climate issues? You know, one can look at the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which continues to issue these reports that say that we are at code red for humanity. Why? Why are we at code red for humanity? Anybody know? I don't know, dude. That's what I thought. Isn't it code red Mountain Dew? It's basically like crack plus caffeine, isn't it? It's the it's the drink of choice and one on Xbox. All right, so welcome back to the program. I'm your hostess Dana Lash. Always good to be with you. Subscribe to the newsletter. I just you have to forgive me because I momentarily WTF'd over this tweet from a guy who isn't completely ridiculous, but but he's he's. I don't know who he is. He's some journal and I don't care. He writes, dark days ahead. There's only one man who should be celebrating Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. Vladimir Putin. He's joking, right? Please be joking. Is this? He cannot be serious. This is one of the, I don't know. You never know because I don't know. Maybe this is, I don't know. I mean, you're, you are talking about Musk purchasing Twitter and from what, isn't he the one whose satellites helped Ukraine kind of stay online, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. People are freaking out over this as everybody waits for uh, what's, what, what the Twitter board announces. You know, here you have Elon Musk purchasing Twitter and it's not even trending on Twitter. I mean, if I know it's their last gasp of sass, Kane. That's, they're doing everything that they can here. This is crazy. And they're not even, not even trending. I think people are realizing that woke doesn't earn money. Netflix, I'm just, I want you to take heart and I just want to point you out to some little good victories that have happened just in the past month. Now, I don't celebrate businesses doing poorly. Well, not usually, but there I do reserve the right to do to absolutely root for a business's downfall. Netflix, though, how many? How much they lost? Like what? A, 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 their shares fell dramatically. What the last few weeks? Because their offerings are, they just don't have a lot. What do they spend all their money on? Did they spend all their money on that redheaded uh, air st- or spare to the air and the suitcase girl? Walking around pretending that they're philanthropic, right? We're philanthropists. We're doing philanthropy with other people's money. Is that what they spend all their money on? They don't have good stuff at Netflix anymore. I don't even. I don't even know if what, what if I. I really don't watch Netflix for a lot. I usually go to Amazon Prime or I'll do Hulu or something like that. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, I totally have an account on Crunchyroll for the obvious reasons. Hi. So. We had 
Netflix realized that woke doesn't work because they had a bunch of woke programming on, including Kane, Barack Obama doing a narration of the, he did a whole thing on the nation's parks. Do you honestly believe that Barack Obama approached Netflix and was like, hey, can I do a thing on your, our parks? No, someone sitting in a boardroom was like, hey, let's get a bunch of B-roll and have Barack Obama narrate over it. And we're going to act like the drippings off this turkey is really like prime premium content. It's not. That's the guy that shut parks down whenever the government got shut down, which he didn't need to do. Yeah. Gosh, that's yeah. Remember when he put a, oh, some of you guys may not know this. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorite stories of all time is when the government shut down. What's this back in 20? 11? Was it after the midterm election? Maybe it was after midterms. So there was a government shutdown because Republicans didn't want to write this never-ending blank check. They didn't want to cut a blank, just give a blank check over to Democrats. They wanted them to actually have like a responsible budget. And Democrats were like, I just don't know if we can do that. I mean, we control everything, but whatever. So government shut down because we couldn't figure out, they couldn't come to an agreement on how to fund it. And the theatrics ensued. They literally put up barricades at national parks and at roadside vista attractions. You know how if you're on you know certain highways and you're going through you know beautiful nature and you can pull off to like a roadside view and they have like a little picnic table. They actually put up a barricade. They they tried to say that nature was closed because you could the government was closed. They put up those little what are those little sawhorse barricade things? They put those up. At our nation's monuments. They put it up at the World War II Memorial. Where that, that, that veterans paid for. They put it up there. They, they tried to shut down everything. They shut, they shut down the parks. You couldn't go into the park. The park is closed. Nature is closed. And so for this guy to narrate. The National Parks thing on Netflix. Now you remember back. I can't do his voice. Back in 20. 13, when I shut down all the parks because we had a government shutdown, nature was closed. That's exactly what, it's what he did. It was so, oh gosh, it was just so theatrical. So theatrical. I don't know, it's just so the Netflix thing, that was uh, to see that they're realizing the monetary value of woke is a beautiful thing to behold. Florida winning a major victory for parents and parental sovereignty was a major thing to behold. As we were talking about last hour, this has nothing to do, it has absolutely nothing to do with, with uh, saying gay. It has nothing to do with gay people. Gay or straight, you can't talk to strangers' kids in the classroom about sex. That's it. What's so difficult to understand about that? You can't talk to kindergartners and thir- through third graders about sex. You can't do it without parents' consent and knowledge. That's the thing. Parents were like, can you ask us and can we know? And these activists masquerading as teachers were like, no, you can't. We should be able to talk to your young strangers' children about sex anytime we want. Huh. Groomers do that. So why do you think that people were calling them groomers? I really don't want to hear protestations about this from people who use Nazi like an everyday word. You know, whenever describing someone who's political viewpoints on on quantitative easing they dislike shut up but there was a huge victory there a huge victory in pushing back against disney disney this is, you can sit here and say it was revenge it wasn't revenge as, as i wrote about this on my sub stack it was a reckoning 
They enjoyed special carve-outs that nobody else did. They enjoyed special accommodations that no one else enjoyed. They weren't held to the same standard as SeaWorld. SeaWorld couldn't even do what Disney World did. Legoland couldn't do what Disney World did. And so Florida just made it fair. And the left lost their mind and said it was an attack on free speech because apparently receiving corporate welfare is the same thing as free speech. Not getting corporate welfare is an attack on free speech now. That's the, the same left who, was a, who opposed Citizens United now has this position on corporations. It's a marvel to behold. I, someone give them a medal because they've twisted themselves into a pretzel unlike anything I've ever seen. By the way, speaking of like flexibility, uh, so Vladimir Putin, this was just one of the most beautiful segues. I just want to stop and behold it. Vladimir Putin's rumored, rumored uh, mistress. Have you heard about this? Okay, so Vlad was married to this one chick. I can't even say her name. Ludomia, whatever. And he's got two grown daughters with her. And then he left her. I don't know if he left her for this rhythmic gymnast. I don't know. But she's like this super Olympic, you know, decorated rhythmic gymnast. Her name is Alina Kabeva. And apparently that's his lover. And... Then there were rumors that they got married, but nobody knows for sure. A Russian newspaper reported that she uh, gave birth to like twin boys or something, and they were immediately shut down right when Putin denied the story. So it's weird how you can be the leader of Russia and no one knows if you're married and have kids. Just kind of weird how there's not that transparency there. And so it was rumored that they, I guess he had married her and they had kids or maybe they're not married. I don't know, but they call her his mistress. Well, according to The Guardian and others, she was shacked up in some Swiss chalet uh, with her kids and she was, you know, avoiding sanctions thus far. And there was a piece that came out today and this fascinates me. Actually, it came out yesterday, I should say. So a piece that came out yesterday and the story is that apparently she was shielded and she was exempt from uh, from sanctions against these Russian oligarchs because obviously she got super rich being with him. She was on the their their quote unquote parliament for a while, and uh, she was uh, apparently she's supportive of the war in Ukraine. She was on their parliament for a while. She supported all his stuff. So the United States was going to include her and in all the sanctions that it was um, imposing against these oligarchs, and. This official stopped it. She was in the sights of the U.S. Treasury and she dodged sanctions in the 11th hour, according to the Wall Street Journal, because the NSC, the National Security Council, intervened. Here's their logic. They said, apparently she's got three or four kids with Vlad. And officials within the NSC apparently were cautioning the Treasury Department and they said that sanctioning Kabeva apparently would be a personal attack on Putin. This is from the Wall Street Journal. And such a personal attack on Putin that tensions between Russia and the West could escalate even further. And so the American officials through that were in the U.S. Department of Treasury believed, and they still believe, that she is instrumental. She helps him hide all of his money overseas. And so government officials confirmed with the Wall Street Journal that she still remains a potential target of sanctions, but that 
she's not she hasn't been sanctioned yet. And that and sources told Wall Street Journal that sanctions that were going to. They were they stopped her. They stopped this, those sanctions from affecting her. Now, Moscow denies that there's any relationship between them, but there's just way too much there and way too much there. But she was some rhythmic gymnast and all this stuff. And I don't know. Um, what is it? Navalny. He's a, he was the Russian opposition leader who's jailed. He apparently he's he and others have accused Kabeva and her family of getting rich off of their Putin connection. And there was an investigation by U.S. Intel into the 2016 election, and she was named as a major beneficiary of his money. And she's made all kinds of purchases, all kinds of stuff. Now, the there there's Intel in U.S., Switzerland, and the EU that said that she gave birth to one of his kids in 2015 in Switzerland. But Putin's always denied it. Well, spokesman has. But don't you think it's weird that the moment that it was reported on that that birth happened, the Russian newspaper that reported on it, then literally the next day it was shut down? Interesting. But who cares if it escalates? For, do you think it actually would escalate? The fact that the United States, and I, there's a couple things I question, like our intel. Can we rely on that intel? I'm I'm just wondering the intel I think so far about Russia into Ukraine. I think the intel that has been received has been has been adequate, I think, thus far, because it was it's Russian propaganda that was pushing that. Oh, my gosh, Russia is so big and bad. And look at all. Oh, my goodness. It's look at this. Uh, they're going to just totally destroy Ukraine. Uh, and yes, the fighting has been harsh. And yes, there's some st- cities that are just utterly decimated, if not destroyed outright. Uh, but really, they Russia was the was the big bad, well resourced foe, and they suffered so many losses. So if they're not sanctioning her because they expect they would, they're terrified that escalations would that it would escalate the situation. Then that means they probably have good information that yeah, that's that's his mistress, right? He divorced his first wife, so I don't know if he married this chick or not. But I just do, I think that's fascinating because really, I mean, you would just. Why play into that? Why play into it and not sanction her? I would have totally sanctioned this broad. I'd have sanctioned her six ways to Sunday. Good heavens. Gosh, this story with those two is hysterical when you read it because they both have, I think, personality disorders. But I I, I digress. We have a lot more on the way, including the most embarrassing poll for Joe Biden ever and a BS fear-mongering article from the CDC about firearms and fatalities. And then, of course, wokery, because we got a J.K. Rowling thing and then a guy sitting outside a church. It's hysterical. So we're going to get into all of that. We got media and more. So you don't want to miss a single bit of today of the coming up. We've got headlines coming up next, too. And now all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five brought to you by Caltech. I have to apologize to you all. I went so long last segment, so I'm kind of shortchanging you right now, but This is a big blow to racist gun controllers. More people of color are buying guns than ever before. In fact, there's a 58% increase in African-Americans buying guns, 49% increase in Hispanic-Americans buying guns, 43% increase in Asian-Americans buying guns, and the rates of increase remained unchanged between 2020, 2021, and nearly 60% of all retailers. And rats may be unleashed to search for survivors at disaster sites. What? Stick with us. 
Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. But the point that I was making, that this is a public health decision, and I think it's a bad precedent when decisions about public health issues are made by by people, be they judges or what have you, that don't have experience or expertise in public health. And I, and I believe that this should, main, should remain a CDC decision. And the CDC has a very large number of experienced scientists and epidemiologists that make those judgments based on it the dynamics matter. of the outbreak. That is the not how the country works, the- Hoggle. You know what? If you switched, welcome back to the show, Dana Lashier. If you switched Fauci with Hoggle in the uh, labyrinth, well, you wouldn't notice. Nope. You wouldn't notice. The puppetry was really good back then, even then, right? I mean, because it was all realized. It wasn't actually, it wasn't CGI. I mean, it was just really good practical effects. I mean, just really well done. But you wouldn't know the difference. So Hoggle here is upset because there are limitations to his authority, apparently. I just, I don't have any good opinion of Fauci. I went into this with just the purest of intentions. And I was giving him a lot of uh, benefit of the doubt. But every single time he was asked about something political, he just ran headfirst into it. He didn't stick specifically to medicine. He gets so aggravated if he thinks that people are invading his wheelhouse. But heaven forbid, you know, he had that same consideration when it comes to issues that are maybe perhaps other people's wheelhouses, including law. It doesn't matter what, the, what he thinks the CDC should have done, what matters is this. This is the United States of America. And we have a republic and a certain process through which these agencies are allowed by consent of the taxpaying voter to act. And the CDC exceeded all statutory authority as it relates to demanding that people mask on public forms of transportation. That is not something that they had the legal authority to do. I made mention of this earlier because the sound bites from him, he was saying that it's a bad precedent for the judicial branch to check the authority of the Biden administration on mandates because they lack the expertise. But this is exactly the purpose of the the judicial branch. When government exceeds its authority, the judicial branch can be appealed to to act, and they did. And the CDC most certainly exceeded their authority. And so, this is not really an issue that he should be weighing in on. If people want to talk about mitigation efforts, that's fine. But whether or not the CDC should be allowed to run roughshod over established law, I really don't see why. Do you not, does he not see the irony of weighing in on something that he says other people shouldn't weigh in on because they're not experts, but he's not an expert clearly on this or he just doesn't care? He's really full of himself. You know he's coming out with a book? Oh, yeah, he already released the cover for it. It's ridiculous. He's done magazine shoots. He's high on his own farts, man. He really is. <sighs> I mean, if ever there was a case of it, this is it. I mean, it, it's 
to say that the courts have no jurisdiction in weighing in on matters of law. It's a pretty bold move there, dude. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, I can't wait till he stops being on television. Because every time I see him, I'm like waiting for David Bowie to come out. You remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Who do you do? Do what? Does anybody else know that? I, was I the only kid that watched it a million times? Young Jennifer Connelly was in there. You know that? Mm-hmm. <sighs> and who knew that, ho- that that humble hoggle would ascend to the heights of being over at National Institutes of Health. Or no, yeah, NIED. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, so... We've been uh, t- watching tech and, as- well, we'll figure out what, whatever they decide. And, and I think some of the decision making, this is fascinating. Some of the decision making on this, I think Elon Musk was very, very smart in the way that he went about trying to acquire Twitter. Of course, nothing is certain yet. And do you remember that tweet over the weekend that he put out of the pregnant man emoji and then Bill Gates? Bill Gates seems like a total doucher. Am I the only one that thinks that he he seems like he was this just lowly dork who nerd. There's a difference. He's like he was this lowly nerd who got some power and just abused it. So apparently there is this Twitter account called whole Mars catalog and they got screenshots of Bill Gates texting with Elon Musk because apparently Bill Gates as his Twitter account notes, hit up Elon Musk to discuss the philanthropy on climate change. But but Musk asked him if he still had a half a billion dollar short position on Tesla stock. And Bill said he hasn't closed it out. So there's your confirmation, Kane. We we're talking about this on break. Bill said that he, uh, Gates said he hadn't closed it out. So Musk told him to get lost. So the, the text, it was very, it's very interesting. He had said in this that, uh, do you still have half a billion dollars short position against Tesla is what Musk asked him. And Gates goes, sorry to say I haven't closed it out. I would like to discuss philanthropy possibilities. Musk replied, sorry, but I cannot take your philanthropy on climate change seriously when you have a massive short position against Tesla, the company doing the most to solve climate change. Bah, bah. It, and, and someone asked him, is this real? And he said, yes, it was real. This, that's He goes, yeah, but I didn't leak it to NYT, New York Times. They must have got it through friends of friends. I heard from multiple people at TED that Gates still had half a billion short against Tesla, which is why I asked him. So it's not exactly top secret. Dude. So now that makes a little bit more sense, right? That he tweeted that out. So he, I wonder if he still has it on there. And then, of course, if you didn't see, well... Did you guys see? I, I can't. I don't think I can say what it was. But he tweeted out the pregnant man emoji side by side with Gates and said, in case you need to lose something fast. <sighs> man. So I don't know. I'm telling you, this is just all very interesting. Does he still have it? You think Gates? There's no real way I, to confirm, but I would guess that he still does because it would imply that he shorted Tesla back in the day where Tesla was actually less expensive than it is now. So it would be financially dumb to get out of your short position when it's actually higher at the time you shorted it. 
So he, he I don't know. I don't, I don't think he does, but there's no way to confirm it. Mm, interesting. Well, I feel like, I, I think Gates got outplayed here. I, I do believe so. I want to talk to you about climate change. Hello, I want to talk to you about our Lord and Savior. Like the, <laughs> just, <laughs> but yet he's sitting here going after an electric car company. Oh my gosh. All right, so a few things here. I still have, we, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep an eye on the clock. We, uh, we have a, a, a bit of a new clock and I never ever, I love, I always go long because there's always a lot to, always a lot to discuss. I wanted to talk about this BS fear migraine article from the CDC real fast. ABC came out with us at the same time that um, there's, there's a push on the left about this because they're desperate on crime. There's one thing, actually, there's like the top five issues for uh, voters as we are barreling quickly uh, into election season here. Well, kind of in election season now, but we're barreling towards midterms. Uh, but this um, argument, this narrative spin that they've been pushing, the defund the police movement, uh, federal consent decrees, like the kind that they were trying to push in Ferguson, taking over the the police force. I mean, basically, uh, consent decrees, all of this to establish, you know, ultimately a push towards federalization of law enforcement. And, and these... Uh, there's this, these restorative justice believing district attorneys. There's so much of this that's contributed to crime, right? And I listened. There was a pundit on cable news that I heard this morning that was that was pushing this exact thing because the question was posed to her. Well, you know, what about crime? You have crime, and you know all these areas, et cetera, et cetera. And this pundit was like, well, uh, you know, yeah, because uh, permitless carry, and was going on about permitless carry. Except 25 states that have permitless carry don't include the states where you have the highest homicide rates. So that's, that was, I really wished, I can't remember who was on opposite her, but I'm like, you, why did you not bring that up? That's like, that should be common knowledge if it's not. I'm like, of the 25 states that have, that have passed permitless carry, uh, what gets me is that they're the, the high homicide rates can't be solely attributed to those states. They're in states that have like the strictest gun control laws. And so here's this piece from ABC where they say guns were the number one killer of children and adolescents in 2020, according to CDC data. And the latest FBI UCRs are 2019. So I think that it always takes them forever to come out with this stuff. They said firearms surpassed car accidents as the top killer amongst children and teens, according to startling new data. They are fear mongering with this. They want to scare mom and dad and make you think that a boogeyman with a gun is hiding under your baby's bed at night. But when you actually dive into this and when you look at years prior, because this isn't the first time the CDC has done this, they do this almost every year. When you look at the victims of homicide and you can break it down through area, demo, you know, age, everything, they're always older teenagers and they were involved in either uh, drug activity, gang activity, or both. It's always some, just, it's always criminal activity, and there's always a situation of illegal possession, illegal possession of firearms. And so they said that these are, they, they kept saying children, children, children. Okay, you can't really count a 19-year-old as a child. Right? But yet that's what these statistics or an 18 year old, you can't just say, oh, this baby 18 year old. I mean, that's like the same thing as saying baby infant Hunter Biden at mid 50 years old, right? In his 50s. It's the same thing. This this infantilization of people to somehow reduce 
the well or diminished focus on the fact that these are older teenagers and young adults involved in gang activity and they are really abusing and stretching the children demo here and they say that the researchers they were writing this it was published uh, in the new england journal of medicine just last friday and they were really fear-mongering oh my gosh surging gun deaths and so people are trying to use this coupled with the increase in crime and they're trying to say that well this is permitless carry but when you look at fatalities it's interesting the major metropolitan areas which see this crime don't have permitless carry so what gives they're they're mad because georgia passed it and there's some of these motions in a few other states and there's a big old battle over gun laws or guns in uh, pennsylvania and so all of this is coming to a head for the left and you also couple this with the uh, headline that we just had let me pull this back up uh last uh, one of our last segment when we uh, when i was telling you people of color and the purchase of firearms minorities are buying more firearms than ever before which do you blame anybody this is like otis mcdonald in a way otis mcdonald lived in chicago and was so tired of the crime so tired of his neighbors being preyed on he wanted to make sure he could defend himself he wanted to get a handgun he had to take lisa madigan to court mcdonald v madigan and that ended up actually becoming a huge second amendment corner a huge piece huge victory for the second amendment because the state of illinois was trying to deny otis mcdonald who is a who is a natural rights icon a legend for taking this case they're sitting here trying to rob him of his ability to defend himself it's like the same thing so all this major increase in in black americans hispanic americans asian americans all buying firearms and women women of all color buying firearms the dana show sponsored by 30 years of game-changing caltech innovation like the p50 a new breed of pistol innovation performance caltech it's his life mission to make bad decisions it's time for florida man this is one of my favorite stories i think of the day one of my favorite period um this Florida sheriff says uh, that if someone is breaking up into your home, then, yeah, you, of course, can shoot them. And also, uh, it's going to save the taxpayers some money. Uh, take a listen to this sheriff, Bob Johnson. And I want to say, uh, as to the person, we don't know what homeowner, which homeowner shot at him. Um, I guess they think that they did something wrong which they did not if somebody's breaking in your house you're more than welcome to shoot them in santa rosa county we prefer that you do actually did it was there more when he said it says taxpayers money i think there's there's more of that but that's uh i love it and that's that came originally from news observer and uh that's the sheriff for santa rosa county florida bob johnson i like him uh let's see a couple of other things here this um hmm I don't like this at all. We had a snake in our yard over the weekend. It was a little, it was, you know, a rat snake. It wasn't anything like what these people saw in Florida. A woman was alerted to the fact that she had a six-foot rattlesnake chilling outside of her front door, partially under her doormat. ABC 25 reported that Florida woman Patty Koth was returning home from walking her dog when she got a call from her neighbor. Her neighbor said, do not open your front door. There is a six-foot rattler outside your front door. And the woman said, okay, 
figuring that I'll never leave my front door open again. CBS affiliate reported that she called the Martin County Sheriff's Office, Animal Control. They sent officers over and they said, and they was right there on her welcome mat. One of the responding officers, Tabitha Queen, said it was basking right there on her welcome mat and join the sun. Oh, my gosh. So they they were trying to get it. There's video of it. This thing was it resisted arrest. That's just what what happened. It was not going to get in the bucket. And um, they they said he did not go happily. I would have beaten the thing with a stick. That's me. I had a shot at it and beaten it with a stick right there on my front porch. I don't care. That's that's literally why the tor- why Taurus makes a judge it's for that. We got a lot more coming up. Don't go anywhere. Third hour on the way. Um, well, the word doxing has been so devalued and it just kind of is a buzzword now in the right wing media. Um, doxing means revealing highly, highly personal non-public information with the goal of harassment or sort of destroying someone's life. We absolutely did not reveal any personal information about this woman at all. Hmm. That's a big lie. That's 40 something year old Taylor Lorenz. And... She's the Washington Post reporter who's tripling down by and Washington Post and all these journalists stood by. So I have no absolute whatsoever objections. Now, if you have a question to ask a reporter, this means, I guess, according to the reporters, that you're welcome to go to their house and ask them questions about it and then go to the homes of all their families, because that's they think that their profession uh, protects them when they engage in petty political targeting that their protection uh, pr- gives them some sort of immunity from citizens holding the press to the same account. You guys aren't some like unelected group of wooden of woodland elves, okay? Where, you know, you're not the the Elrons of of the the media sphere of the or the cultural sphere of the political sphere. This is just it's just ridiculous. And then to say that they didn't reveal any personal information is an absolute lie. They absolutely very blatantly and easily to see, and they worded it to where they wanted you to click it, the link that showed this woman's personal home address, her real estate license and license number, everything. But the fact that they didn't publish it themselves, that's what they were wanting to rely on for their plausible deniability. But they linked to it. They absolutely did promote and they did reveal her personal information. And the Washington Post lied about it. They stealth edited the, edited the link But too many people, myself included, had it saved. And then they put out a statement wherein they lied about it. I just have no... uh, This woman is not a journalist. She's basically used as like a a way to settle scores for oligarchs who own media publications. I don't know. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Big news. Elon Musk has Twitter. It's a big thing. And Twitter is, it's pretty crazy. Uh, So many people are freaking out over this. Musk had tweeted out 20 minutes ago a pin emoji. And then he tweeted out, hey guys, Twitter is ours. So that's pretty awesome. So I'm wondering, can we please stop the algorithms? Can we please stop all this, you know, the nonsense that we've had? The throttling of accounts. And we stop all that stuff. I was reading this poll around a quarter of U.S. adults, 23% use Twitter. That's a survey that came from Pew Research Center in early 2021. Hmm. And then what, Snapchat was only at 25%? Crazy. So that's great news. And I'm very, very happy. 
So we'll see. Well, actually, wait. Musk tweeted the pin account. Somebody else tweeted Twitter's ours. He tweeted the pin. Very excited. This is all. This is all great. Woo! So it's going to. Looks like it's gonna be happening. Interesting. I'm immediately hoping that uh, any kind of because uh, I'm I'm thinking back to how many times and who all in the administration, whether it was Jen Psaki, and then there I think there were people that were in CDC had even mentioned this. Kamala Harris had definitely mentioned it. Uh, they were having all of these discussions. They said that they had reached out to uh, social media platforms as a way to uh, in efforts to get them to control misinformation. And they never actually said who they spoke with at social at these platforms. I mean, obviously, you know, one was Twitter and I would and the other one definitely was Facebook. Uh, but um, I'm wondering who they spoke with and I'm wondering how quickly that can be made public. I really I mean, that's really what it really it, it definitely needs to that needs to come out because that's the government asking this entity to be an agent of state. Now, the left freaking out. They're not happy over free speech. And I think they're just in a bad mood generally because they realize that they just, they don't have anything left and all of their ploys to try to endear themselves to voters didn't work. I mean, who knew that when you insult parents and call them Nazis because they want to control what their children are exposed to in elementary school, who knew that that would maybe turn Democrat voters against you even? There is a new poll. Let me open this up. It's bad. This is so bad. Oh, gosh. So it's a uh, issues and insights poll in uh, TIPP. And they asked, and this was, and looking at the cross tabs, this was taken just like a, 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 week, a week ago, and it was done uh, through Technometrica Market Intelligence. And they did, uh, actually, no, sorry, it was April 4th or 6th. And it has a margin of error about three points, which is not, you know, super, super bad. This kind of goes into the average that we've been seeing from some of these other polling places. But the big question that is making the headline out of the survey, who do you want to see run for president on the Democratic ticket? I mean, the answer is pretty much literally any singular person but Joe Biden. It's. And his approval rating is bad. Everything's bad. It's just all bad. Only 19% of the people answered Biden. And this was heavily oversampled by Democrats. 19%. And 28% said they were not sure. Not sure actually beat Biden, 28 to 19%. Oh my gosh. That's, that's horrific. <laughs> that's a bad poll. It's a very bad poll. They're struggling. He's a guy, that he, he's not accessible to voters. You know, if you're going to be tyrants, you got to at least maintain some FaceTime with people. Goodness. It's a bad poll. And we're, I think that we're seeing some of this, the desperation, the, 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 uh, what they're trying to do in order to, to, to try to keep voters trying to act like, oh, my gosh, this big bad bill in Florida. They have to have a boogeyman. 
because their policies aren't enough. Their policies aren't attractive. Their pol- they can't talk about ra- wanting to raise taxes during a time of recession. That's a disaster. They can't talk about, uh, you know, they can't say anything other than Putin's price hike. And it sounds stupid when they say it and nobody's buying it because everybody noticed that everything was going up even before all of this happened. So none of it's working. They have nothing with which to recommend themselves. And they all they can do is the invectives and all they can do is the is the claims that they're going to I mean, good grief. It's it's just hysterical nonsense. You can't you can't ask what they've done to to improve the economy or improve jobs, immigration, uh, even foreign policy. I mean, it's a disaster on every single thing. You have a, a president who's MIA, who's babysat by the Easter Bunny and a vice president who is so underqualified for her role. It's embarrassing. She went from being AG to doing a stint in the Senate. And then she has she has more ambition than sense, apparently. Good heavens. So I don't, but I think that they're too invested. I So my personal theory is I think that he was, they're chosen to run and he had some kind of health issue. It seems like he had a stroke or something. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But they were already in. They were already invested and they hadn't brought anyone else up within the party's ranks to be able to contest the primary on a national scale like that i mean you had all these people democrat primary going into 2020 that did not have name recognition and they really relied on those debates to make them they really relied on which by the way sidebar i was thinking about this the other day since the rnc is not going to be participating in these debates commission the national debates commission thing anymore because it's so partisan and just ridiculous and they're not able to have any kind of influence in terms of moderation I think we'll probably see, we could see more Democratic primary coming up in 2024, more prime, if someone challenges Biden, that is. But that's the thing. Is there anyone that would? The only person I can think that would challenge him would be Sanders. I think, isn't Sanders running? He runs all the time, right? He's a perennial candidate for the Democrats. Yeah. And he really actually beat Hillary Clinton once, but they had to cheat in Texas to eke out a victory for her. He could take, I think he could take Biden. Because he seems, and just because he seems like he's alive. I think he could. Two old white dudes. One seems confused about where he is. And the other has his, at least, you know, his his basic day-to-day living and breathing faculties. But, and he also has the far left cred. That's the other thing. And I think he might be able to outmaneuver, I don't know. He has to get around Pelosi and Schumer. They could just nix it right there. Pelosi really did not like, not that she disliked his policies, but you can't run out and tell people, hey, I'm a socialist and come vote for me, the socialist who just has to be in the Democrat party. Otherwise, you know, I'm not going to, who am I going to caucus with? I can't get any of that Democratic uh, senatorial committee campaign cash. Unless I'm part of the party. So what else is he going to do? I'm just, it's, it's going to be a very interesting thing to watch. I think that he would. I think that he may challenge him. If, he, if Bernie Sanders challenged Biden and he was able to get, he's kind of, he's sort of like a Ron Paul of the left in, in a way, right? Except, you know, people who, who followed Ron Paul knew 
how to do math and they understand they understood economic policies people who follow bernie sanders don't know anything like that at all whatsoever they don't they just really liked his mittens at the one inaugural ceremony but i think that on personality he could get a groundswell of people supporting him over biden what does biden have to recommend himself nothing he's he's too he just comes across as too senile to even be nice nobody has confidence in this guy so i don't it's gonna be interesting i would i'm just wondering if they're gonna have a sanders challenge all right so a couple of other things here uh this story npr is this is our taxpayer dollars npr is blasted over this review that they gave for this controversial transgender author's violent horror novel which depicts J.K. Rowling being burned alive at her home. The man came out with this book called Manhunt, Gretchen Felker Martin, and it they call, uh, he calls Rowling a turf, the trans-exclusionary radical feminist, that's a slur. And it's, uh, the, there's a lot of people who are upset with the scene. With the, with, so it's a dude who is abusing women in a literary, in the literary pages and thinks it's okay because he identifies as a woman. This is still patriarchal abuse. Just FYI. And it's all, and patriarchy is always progressive. We'll talk about this more. I got another woke headline for you. As we get moving on. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5. Brought to you by Caltech. So apparently now, we're going to talk about this here. They're going after Steve Martin. There's a huge debate underway about Steve Martin's comedy performances because his SNL parody of King Tut from 1978 is... It didn't resurface online. A bunch of morons discovered it on the internet, and now they're going to act like they're all upset. So they're really upset. Oh my gosh, this is the stupidest time to ever be alive. Why? 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 I don't even know why I ask why. Why? Why do I ask why? Uh, Like I said earlier, I wasn't able to jump into this, but the Dodgers play the Padres today in sports. And a UFC fight broke out, apparently in the stands, replete with pictures and so much more. Daily Caller has the story. It's a crazy now viral video. And it was tweeted by, there's literally, I love, I'm going to watch this account all the time now, MLB fights. Fans were throwing massive punches at each other. And it is absolutely insane. You, I mean, people were facing, was this too much beer? Somebody didn't get their, their popcorn on time? Nobody can throw a punch. And all these dudes fighting, no one can throw a punch. I'm watching a grown male open, try to open slap another man. That's, I think that that's the, what's troubling right now. That there's any masculine man out there who does not know how to throw a punch. Anyway, uh, they had a big old brawl and uh, yeah. So, of course, people got thrown out and you're not supposed to fight it. You're not, you can't cry in baseball and you can't fight at baseball. And at the uh, Timberwolves game, another animal rights protester was tackled right on the court. Why do people do this? <laughs> the headline, it's at Citizen Free Press. Animal rights freak tackled at Timberwolves game and security was ready. They decided to protest and run right out on the court and she was promptly tackled taken to the ground you can't do that either why just can we just watch some sports can we just watch the games and not be interrupted no one cares though a great way to make people 
hate animals is by doing that during a game. Just going to say. Just going to say. Democratic Representative Henry Cuellar says that uh, Biden's hurting the party. Just look at the polls. Of course, he's one of the people who's also getting hurt by this. He's being targeted by a member of uh, the squad who I think AOC is backing his super far left challenger down there. I remember that just is going after his uh, going after him. And they've been trying to raise a bunch of money against him as well. Not quite sure how well that's that's going to work out because but it uh, people enough enough people are worried about it. I'll say that. All right. So coming up, King Tut is not offensive. Stop it. You're getting upset because it's like a long dead Egyptian king. Shut up. Shooting down woke culture one crazy headline at a time. It's the Dana show. I'd like to talk seriously just for a moment. <laughs> One of the great art exhibits ever to tour the United States is the Treasures of Tutankhamun, or King Tut. But I think it's a national disgrace the way we have commercialized it with trinkets and toys, t-shirts and posters. And about three months ago, I was up in the woods and I wrote a song. I tried to use the ancient modalities and melodies. and would like to do it for you right now. Maybe we can all learn something from this. This is offensive, apparently. This is Steve Martin. Now, when he was a young man, he never thought he'd see people standing line. Why is this offensive? I mean, I don't get it. Is there are there people who get paid to just get upset over stupid stuff? On social, yes, there is. There has to be because there's no no one would be this moronic for free. I maintain that some that there's no some stupidity is so stupid it's not free. Somebody's getting paid. So apparently, the whole thing about King Tut was back in 1978. I don't know. I wasn't alive. There was a traveling King Tut exhibit, and it was a big national. That actually is pretty amazing. That sounds awesome. There was a, a King Tuck, Tut exhibit. And it was a huge national story. And everybody was like very excited about seeing the King Tut exhibit. So it was a major point of confluence there. It was a confluence, an intersection uh, in, in American culture. And everybody was discussing it. Back when everyone in America discussed like the same handful of things every week. Now you have so many different streaming services. There's no water cooler thing to unite everybody anymore. And so that's why he did this whole thing. Like a, like a funny take on it. I'm, and people are saying that it wasn't funny and that he's like it's appropriation or something. What? Guys. And isn't he like one of the nicest, not most non-offensive comedians? He's never been a jerk and gone off politically like Chevy Chase. He's apparently never thrown an ashtray at anyone's head like Bill Murray, although I still like Bill Murray. I mean, why are people, why are they so mad at this? Well, the thing is, it was quote unquote discovered by these youngsters on Twitter. Oh my because, gosh, I love how they say it resurfaced. Like yeah. it went dormant. The video went <laughs> dormant and it just came up now. Because it debuted April 22nd in 1978. So it had its 44 year 
I guess, anniversary back on the 22nd. This was shortly before I was alive. So because someone brought that to the attention of Twitter, then all the professional, you know, offensive or being offended people uh, decided to go off on this. I hate everything. I but And there are people like, yeah, he was never that funny. And thankfully, I think the... Uh, people defending him are greater than the people who aren't but oh my gosh this is just so it's too much man but i love how some of these some of these people are like oh my gosh this video resurfaced or we unearthed like it's a artifact from the days of yore we unearthed it no you were just dumb about culture and you just stumbled on it but elizabeth warren is fine she literally filled out forms that said she was a Native American. But hey, whatever, you know, I mean, come on. I thought it was just funny. There wasn't like anything in there. By the way, do you know, I mean, let me put this picture in Slack for you. Did you ever hear the story, just speaking really quickly, of King Tut? I remember when they did this whole special. I think it was on like history or discovery or something like that. And they were looking at King Tut's family history and 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 what he may have looked like. Remember they did this whole thing right when this software came out. They wanted to see everybody in 3d and they and they made documentaries about every which i think was cool about every single one of these historical figures and they would go in on their bones and their death masks and all this or their the sheets over them all this other stuff they would make them into these like 3d things and um they did king tut and what they discovered is that because he was the result of inbreeding that he was so severely inbred that he had multiple physical disabilities and he could not have even danced apparently. And they did a 3D rendering based apparently on his bones and came the picture I dropped in our group, our radio only discussion that he was like apparently like he had a weird, his ankle was all jacked and one of his legs was way longer than the other apparently and he just had a lot of issues. He had a lot of issues. He had to walk, assist. He had to have an assistance walking. All this. It looks like he has a club foot or something. I mean, his ankle's touching the ground practically. Yeah. That's more than that. That's like it's like a drape at the end of the window when it's too. It's like what the it's like pooling there at the bottom. I mean, his like foot is so his leg is so long. Look how his knees. His knees aren't even even. And that was based on their. That was based on his bones apparently. Golly, yeah, that's. Can you imagine if Martin would have included that in there? If it would have been a historical, accurate representation? Yeah. All right. So a few things. My friend Carrie Pickett came out with a story. And uh, I, I, I want to bring her on to talk about this tomorrow. Because do you remember last week when we were discussing... I, I can't even remember. what I think it was there was another associate or something like that that spoke out and somebody, you know, with the, the, about Hunter Biden, that laptop, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, it was, uh, uh, it was an offshoot of Hunter Biden being at the Easter egg roll. And then we started talking about it. So there was a big question about one or about some of the stuff on the laptop that no one in the press has really touched. And there were there was a lot of speculation and uh, some people who had who had seen the materials apparently were on cable news and were saying that mm, because there were apparently sexually inappropriate acts on there. The speculation was that it was with his niece. And Delaware law enforcement 
two years afterwards, apparently, because there's no evidence that they've done this, neither they nor child welfare took action to determine if there was any kind of child endangerment situation based on the uh, materials in the laptop. Because I've, it's like I, I keep hearing that even from Democrats too. And it's, I mean, it's being speculated upon uh, and, and I don't know why there hasn't been any follow-up. The Washington Times got a copy of the hard drive and they reviewed all the stuff that was on it. And it contained a lot of stuff, including text messages in which Biden was protesting the complaints from his relatives about his sexually inappropriate behavior in front of the teenager, the teenage girl. No at all whatsoever, two years on. Nothing from Delaware. That seems like that's a big, um, that's a, not that's not just oversight that's on purpose i mean i get that they probably wield some power in delaware but man to the point where there could potentially be an endangerment situation and you don't have delaware law enforcement check that out good grief this guy's able to get away with so much and that's something that uh the washington examiner is looking at in this as to why there's no evidence at all whatsoever that that anybody in Delaware law enforcement or child services had looked into this. Whew. Now, a couple other things here as well, uh, because he's, I mean, it, very much untouchable. There was a, a story that was discussing how many times it was White House visitor logs uh, that show that Joe Biden and his staff met with Hunter Biden's top business partner at the White House repeatedly. 19 visits in just a couple of years, according to visitor logs from the Obama administration. Eric Schwerin, former president of Hunter's now dissolved firm, Rosemont Seneca, uh, Seneca, met with Biden on November 17th, 2010, just as Hunter was making these deals with like the CCP and elsewhere, according to the New York Post. He made 19 visits during the, to the White House during Biden's vice presidency. He met with Biden, members of his staff, members of Jill Biden's staff. So remember when Biden said he had no idea of the business dealings, he never met with anybody? He lied. Of course he did, but he had, he repeatedly denied knowing anything about Hunter's business or knowing anything about his business associates. Now, he is under federal, Hunter Biden is under federal prosecution for tax fraud, money laundering, and illegal foreign lobbying. And that's, but this is very much does sound like a pay for play. And according to the log, Schwerin first arrived at the White House on October 28th in 09 to meet Biden aide Evan Ryan. And that was just months after Hunter Biden co-founded Rosemont Seneca. And then he returned. He met with Jill Biden's assistant. And then he met with Biden and Biden's assistant. And then he wrote an email to Hunter Biden titled JRB Future Memo. 
that he had gotten that he had spoken with Joe Biden and he was eager to talk business. He said, quote, your dad just called me. He could use some positive news about his future earnings potential. But I thought he didn't know anything about. Isn't that what he said? They were marching out the VP's office. And it was that same year that Hunter Biden was meeting with Chinese tycoon Che Feng, the son-in-law of a high-ranking Communist Chinese Party official. So all of this, they're so corrupt. This, I honestly, it's like if you think Nancy Pelosi is bad, wait until you see Biden and company. There's a lot of questions there that apparently we're not allowed to ask. Maybe that'll change now with Elon Musk and Twitter. We'll see. We have more to come, including, I had one more bit. Oh, my gosh. I have a couple of wokery. I may have to save one of them for tomorrow. Uh, But we got a bunch still. We're still waiting for any kind of announcement from Twitter. This is all interesting to watch in real time. It really is. I mean, it's because you're watching the trajectory of things change. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. Yes, make sure you sign up for that newsletter. All good things. Send out prep and all kinds of stuff. Man, I'm waiting for the official. Just waiting for that Twitter announcement. Oh, my gosh. And I love it. I love the people who are also complaining about 230, Section 230. Oh, for the love. This guy, Grant Stern. He's wearing a face mask in his picture and his handle is Grant Stern, but his name on Twitter is Grant Stern is boosted. He says Elon Musk buying Twitter is the kind of wake up call Congress needs to reform Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Oh, now they want to reform it. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have so much fun making fun of people. Me ridiculing like some of the dumber socialists is just fuel for me. It really is. Now, now, now they're going to, now they're going to complain about Section 230. Mm. Mm. Why don't you just make your own platform? Or learn to code. It's official now. It's, he bought it. That means Twitter's uh, released. I don't have the statement yet. We knew I was like, please come out during. Please come out during this. Oh my gosh, the weeping and gnashing of teeth is going to be amazing. If you get like text notifications of my Twitter activity, you may want to rethink that tonight. Just saying, just saying. I'll have something out about this this evening for you as well, separately from the radio prep list or the radio prep that you get too. So, ooh. Oh, my goodness. 230 doesn't need to be removed. It just needs to be modified. And I'll include any links that I have previously. Oh, my gosh. It's official. $44 billion. So they agreed to it. I don't know how to feel about this, Kane, because I always I'm are any of you out there like when you get excited about something, you also are like, wait, mm-hmm. yeah. right? I just am cautious. Well, Twitter's share price is up to $51.60, so I'll be watching that um, as we roll you know, to the end of the business day today and into tomorrow, pre-market. Mm. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. 
It is going to be interesting to watch. It's official. So there it is. Who's going to actually do the... I wonder who's going to handle the day-to-day operations. How many people is he going to fire? Oh. oh, my gosh. Oh, it is on. $44 billion. Oh, my gosh. Twitter's board tried to fend it off. Hostile takeover. And they failed. Does this mean Jack is unleashed? Is he? Can he actually talk smack? I'm now I know now I feel I know we got to get moving but real quickly now I feel bad for as mean as I've been because was he just tied down and he couldn't actually say stuff Yeah, I don't know if he has an NDA or what what his restrictions are as it relates to that but that's um I feel bad for making fun of the yurt you weren't the only one right he had his Eno in his yurt right Eno's and yurts gosh that's like a whole podcast brought to you by hemp and Birkenstocks (laughs) there you go Oh, man. I don't know. I don't mean it. But now I kind of feel bad in a way for making fun of him. Now, if, if he's. Whew, all right. I know we got to get going. You definitely want to sign up for the newsletter. There there may be a little shot for it in. That's all I know. All right. Today's stupidity cane. Oh, my all gosh. Right. It is Tony Fauci. He's talking about how it's bad precedent when the law steps in to prevent him from being a medical authoritarian. Listen. But the point that I was making that this is a public health decision. And I think it's a bad precedent when decisions mm. about public health issues are made by Ooh. by people, be they judges or what have you, yeah. that don't have experience or expertise in public health. Ooh. And you don't have experience in, you know, constitution and law. Yeah. So the courts can actually weigh in on matters of law. Two way street there, buddy. Yeah, there you go. That does it for us today folks have a wonderful evening sign up for that newsletter i'll send some stuff out because i got some details about the deal now that haven't been uh, public previously so i'll send those out as well have a great night